and it is episode 56 here of the Cherokee Rewind. I am Mick. Thanks for hanging out with us. And my guest this time around, a guy who played uh, just, uh, I think just a little after 2000, uh, right in there, and uh, goes by the name of Mike Opid. And uh, Mike, first of all, welcome. Thanks for doing this. Um, and then the other thing is, I always try to remember, even though I fail miserably at this, I always try to remember the number on, on your jersey that you wore when you played in Toledo. And like I said, I, I'm terrible at this, but I try to do, I, I don't cheat. I don't go online and look it up and try to do that kind of stuff. But for some reason, I'm going to take a guess here and I'm going to say uh, 21. Was I close? Oh, okay. I really appreciate it, man. It's great to, uh, to chat with you again after all these years. Uh, so what's interesting is I was number 10, but I had a brother who played the year after I was done. And, uh, that was Dave, was right? Matt, Dave. I believe, or Matt was number 21. Okay, there you go. All right. Yeah. That's fair enough. You aren't enough. too far off, man. That the age hasn't worn on you too much. Well, I beg to differ. <laughs> I <was> just, <laughs> oh man, went went by the cemetery the other day, and a couple guys started chasing me with shovels. But anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, now what what time did you, what was your time in Toledo? Was it two thousand two? So I was there uh, uh, two thousand one to two thousand two, two thousand two to two thousand three. So uh, the O one basically an O two season. Okay, gotcha. So. The, the two-year plan, which is a good thing. Um, yeah. Now you're you're a Chicago boy, so I remember that. Um, yeah. So let's. Uh, how, I mean, obviously, growing up a Hawks fan, how old were yeah. you when you first put on a pair of skates? Uh, I think I was about eight or nine years old, and ironically, it's when uh, I, I went to a movie theater. My mom brought a bunch of my friends and I. We went to go see the Mighty Ducks, the first one. Oh, and boy. whenever that came out, I was on skates the next day, literally the next day. We went to, what's it called, uh, played against sports and uh, grabbed an old pair of Micron Megas. I don't know if anyone old enough would remember those, but uh, grabbed those things, threw them on, and I was just in love. <laughs> so uh, when did you first start playing organized? It was probably about, see, that was in springtime I did that so that fall um I'd have to, I can't remember what year exactly it was but uh I started playing probably uh, I joined a house league in the south side of Chicago and started skating I think that fall and that was my first one and I actually was at TV level so I think I was like 10 so it kind of started late for a lot of people um but uh but yeah I jumped right in the house league for two years there uh and then a new travel team came to town or was expanding actually in a new ice rink and uh my first year bantam i started playing travel hockey wow you must have really took to the game i mean considering you didn't start till you were in peewee and uh were able to uh able to to you know play that well to where you can make the jump over to travel because man when you play travel that's that's commitment that means you're all in yeah, my parents said the same thing when their bank account was was not what they expected at that <laughs> part of their life. But yeah, I don't, it, you know, it really kind of came almost natural to me the sport, and it was just I don't know. I, I was, I've always been an athlete. My my dad was very athletic, and I got a lot of my traits from him. So I played a ton of sports growing up, and I, I don't know something about hockey just clicked with me, and I was able to uh, advance pretty quickly. Um, which is, I mean, I guess a lot of, a lot of kids that probably played at Toledo are, are saying the same thing, that we, it's just one of those natural things where you just took it a sport and just like loved it and took off right away. Hmm. So now, do you remember who your coaches were back then? Back then, no, I do have a, I do have one coach that I, I feel like really kind of set me up for, uh, success in hockey in the future. And that was my, he was an assistant coach. When I first started playing travel, travel, it was Bill Hart, old school guy. He was a defenseman, played junior hockey in Canada. You know, he was like one of those, like, um, 
tough-as-nails type of guy. Like, yeah. he would fight us in practice and beat the crap out of us just to set kind of the tone of, of making sure we're tough and type thing, you know. And uh, and he was my coach for five years of travel. Uh, the two years in Bantam, he ended up being the head coach the second year. And then three years of midget hockey, he was my head coach for uh, all three. Wow. Now, yeah, he's... Yeah, so obviously, I'm still in contact to this day with him. Well, that's awesome. I was going to say he obviously impacted you that much. My gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He. It was. It was kind of funny. He. Um. I actually invited him and his wife, Charlotte, uh, to my wedding. And uh, and he always joked growing up that I'd be I'm the only one that was ever allowed to date his daughter when we were younger. Wow. Uh, they were way younger than I was, but it was always a joke that I was like the only person that. Yeah, we felt comfortable enough for a guy to come around. Um, well, so I always kind of took that as a nice little compliment as well. Yeah, I would. I would. So uh, now, uh, what was the, the 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 level of hockey like there in Bantam? I mean, was it and midget? Or uh, was the hockey really good? Or yeah, but when the, the team I joined my first year in uh, in travel, we only had one Bantam team, so we we were forced to play double A. And uh, it, we were a pretty decent team, and the competition level was, was really good. Cause there wasn't as many teams back then as there are now around mm-hmm. Chicago without the Hawks' success in 2010 and on. Like, just hockey flew up around here. But when I was playing, you know, the Hawks sucked. They were terrible. The Red Wings would beat their, you know, what, all the time. And nobody cared about hockey. So... It, the people that did play, the competition level, I would say, was just better because there was less teams. So you kind of weeded out the, um, you know, the lesser players. So it was a quick, you know, learning curve, really, when I jumped into Bantam because I was playing against kids that were, like, you know, two years older than me, double A. Uh, and I was coming straight out of the house league. So, you know, very, very raw. But it probably took me, I would say, three months or so to get caught up to speed. Uh, and it helps when you're on the ice three, four times a week, and your coaches really, you know, did a lot to care to help. Uh, a lot of off-ice training and different stuff like that. So it was, I mean, it was tough. You know, I'm not gonna lie. It was. We had some really big battles with some rivals, and uh, I mean, it was some, I mean, it, it pretty much was like you have to like, kind of jump in the fire and just learn. And mm-hmm. that's what I did with uh, our whole team. Did actually at that at that point. Now, uh, did. Did you have any guys that you played with that you played with later on as you grew older? Some of the guys in Bantam, we moved out. Like a lot of us actually moved up together into midgets. And uh, it was, we had some pretty good years. My second year at Bantam, I was the captain of the team. And we uh, lost in the championship game in the league. And then we made a decent run in state. But, um, Unfortunately, the north side of Chicago had a lot of money and some pretty amazing players. So we, us Southsiders, would always run into that. Um, but then my guys, we kind of, like a lot of us moved up together into, into midget. And I was an assistant captain my second year in midget. My third year, I was a captain again. And again, senior that year, we lost the championship again um, to a north side team. And then had a little bit of a run in state, so... You know, a lot of the guys we played with together, I'm still friends with to this day, thankfully through, like, social media and that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once, you know, once high school was over, everyone kind of went their own way. Some guys just stopped playing. Some guys tried juniors. Some went to go play, you know, some uh, a little bit of college uh, at lower levels of college just to keep skating, you know, club level. Mm-hmm. Um so not much after, but we there was a tight knit group there for a while where all the parents knew each other. My parents knew all the parents. My mom's a team mom, so you know, anytime we went on tournaments, you know, all the parents got together and and uh, pretty much partied. So it was, it was a good group for about five years. So now, uh, when you finished playing in uh, in midget, uh, what? What urged you to keep going? What was it that you, you know, were, were you looking strictly at junior or were you looking maybe at D3 or, or club? I, I actually tried. So I tried to play juniors when I was still in high school. Um, unfortunately, in Illinois, there's like no junior hockey. 
at that time, uh, really, there wasn't much. So, uh, you know, I went up and I, I tried out uh, in Canada. I went up there uh, for tryouts. Um, I always wanted to play junior hockey. I just loved it <laughs> just because, uh, you know, the competition, higher level. So, tried out my senior year, didn't make it. So, uh, but I knew I wanted to keep playing. And, uh, and actually being at the, some of the scouting camps I went there, a couple of camps I went to, um, you know, I did a bunch of those. The actual, the Metro Jets actually scouted me and recruited me my first year after I graduated, uh, high school. So I actually started my junior career at the Metro Jets, um, for a number of months. Hmm. So how did you end up uh, coming to Toledo? So when I was up in when I was up in Metro, they I, I just never felt I got a really fair shake up there. Mm-hmm. Um, they I was not playing much, although I was one of the better players on the team. I was playing defense at that time. I, I actually didn't switch to playing forward. I played defense my whole life, and I didn't switch to playing forward until I actually got there in Toledo. Um, so at that time. You know, they they had some established defensemen, and although I was better than them, like, I'm all around playing better than them in games, I just never felt I got a really fair shake. And uh, I did everything possible to play. I would go and do uh, self-workouts with the coach, the head coach. I would stay late. I would, you know, I'll hustle anyone, but it, it just didn't seem to matter. And it got to the point where I just didn't, feel good about being there anymore and uh i wanted to play you know i didn't go up there to sit so i kind of it sounds probably not it probably sounds weird to say but i kind of facilitated a trade essentially to the team in chicago called the chicago rush oh yeah i remember uh, that yeah they're i mean they they were looking at me too before i went but i had already kind of committed to go to metro so, they actually did a trade where I got traded to Chicago for like a couple draft picks. I think it was like two draft picks. Um, so, then I played the whole year, whole rest of the year in Chicago, uh, back home basically, because I knew I was going to be able to play. Yeah, that was out um, so of Rolling they, Hills, right? Yeah, we were, uh, we were Rolling Meadows. Or Rolling uh, Meadows, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, Offensiveville, I think, actually. And it was, it was up north. Um, so yeah, so I came back to there, started playing for them, and I was getting plenty of ice time, um, you know, there, so I was a lot happier, it was a better fit for me, I actually knew some of the guys on the team, because I played against them when I was in high school, playing travel hockey and high school, because I I played both. Oh my Um, gosh. It was kind of cool, yeah, my, I, I pretty much played hockey my entire high school career on two teams, so... Um, well, let's spend a little time talking about that for a minute, because that's not something that usually is done, because, I mean, unless it's pre-post, you're usually not playing uh, both. I mean, how are you able to do that? Is that how the, it is in, in, in Illinois? Are, like, the statutes there different? Yeah, that's the difference. So, in Illinois, we could play we could play travel hockey and high school hockey, but we cannot play AAA hockey and high school hockey. So if it was AAA, I, I would not be able to play for my high school team, which I, I still tried to play AAA. I never actually made a team. Um, politics, whatever, you know, I just never made it. But I ended up playing travel hockey for all four years. I played for my high school team. It's a thing called Providence. Uh, school is called Providence Catholic. We played in a couple leagues. Uh, I played uh, what if I played JV my first year as a freshman and then varsity my uh, the next three years? And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, honestly, I, I probably could have done a lot better in high school. I just didn't really care as much. I just wanted to be eligible. Mm-hmm. And uh, and pretty much was skating almost every single day. I think there's maybe one day a week I didn't actually have any hockey. Um, I was doubling up. A lot of times on Mondays, I would have two practices, uh, one for high school right after school, and then later in the evening, I would have my travel team. So it was crazy, man. It was, I mean, I was probably playing 100-plus games a year easily. Wow. That's nuts. That's just plain nuts. 
So, <laughs> so you go and you're now, I mean, that had to really be a bear, not only for you, but for your folks and uh, let alone your, you know, your, your uh, high school uh, life, you know, cause I mean, when you're in high school, you know, you're just uh, getting used to knowing and socializing with other kids, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, that had to be quite a stretch on you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it, it was interesting. Like, I didn't really see it that way until I got older. I was like, wow, I kind of spent a lot of time just playing hockey. But uh, to me, I didn't care. I, I was just, I loved hockey. So uh, it, was, it was actually my brother and I both did the same thing. So if you could imagine, my parents were running around with chickens with their heads cut off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my mom had a calendar. And she was actually the team mom of both teams. And thankfully, my parents were unbelievably amazing because they – they kept us like just pretty much going uh, with with being organized. My mom, she had a calendar, and like it was the most color coded, ridiculous looking thing you've ever seen, with <laughs> a different color for every team. And my mom was she was amazing. She kept everyone on on pace. We knew where we had to be, when we had to be there. They were driving us nonstop uh, until I got my license, which was like the greatest day of their lives. Now I. <laughs> I could drive my my own butt all over the place. So, um, but for a while, yeah, I mean, we were my brother and I were on all four years we were in high school. Both of us were on two teams. Wow. Um, so yeah, so it was pretty insane. So my mom, a lot of times she tried to schedule like tournaments where we go to the same uh, same city, play in the same tournaments to make their lives easier. And um, it was kind of yeah. I mean, we made it work. I I do look back and say I probably. We didn't have much of a life until the fall season was over. Uh, once, once you know, the winter hockey was done and we got into spring, then I spent more time with, with friends and, and actually having a social life. But during the winter and fall season, not I was just playing hockey the entire time. And then just trying to stay eligible for grades. Mm-hmm. So uh, what was, how was your hockey, your high school team? Were they pretty good or? You know, we weren't we weren't bad. We we actually had some pretty solid players. Um, we never never went and did much with it. Again, we the South suburbs of Chicago before the Hawks really took off. Like there wasn't much with hockey down there. There was definitely some teams and some schools, but the talent level on the South side was nowhere near what it was on the North side. So we you know we had some good teams. We won. We won some of our leagues and came runner-up in a couple. But when it came to, like, state tournaments and that, you know, we'd win a couple games, and then we'd face a Northside team, and you just we just couldn't compete with them. They There were so many more travel teams up north mm-hmm. than there were on the south side. So the, the level of hockey up there was just so much greater. And a lot of those kids did the same thing. They played travel, and they would play high school, and so I'm, I'm probably playing against these guys, you know, multiple times a year in both leagues, and it's just their talent level is better than ours. So we, we were good, but not to a level that's, like, that braggable, as you could say. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you go to Metro, it doesn't work out, you go to Chicago. What was it that put you in a Cherokee uniform? What happened? So, ironically... Chicago team ran out of money. They, um, we actually were supposed to go play. I think we were supposed to go play the Metro Jets for playoffs. Mm-hmm. And our owner, the day, the night we were supposed to leave, basically told us we don't have any money. We can't afford to go play anymore. We're done. The night before, we were supposed we had a practice, and we were leaving actually the next day to go to to go to Detroit and he told us like sorry guys we're, we're broke and, uh, and that was it like we had no playoffs no nothing we were just done and uh, and then so then I didn't have a junior team um, so then I you know I, I I reached I basically saw when trials were happening and tried out for Toledo and uh, I was there in all my Chicago rush gear you know, we were red, white, and blue, and we had custom stuff. So, you know, I'm trying out, and a couple of guys were giving me a hard time. 
Um, uh, do you remember Bobby Mays? Oh yeah. Yeah, Bobby. You know, he gave me a hard time on the ice right away, which is funny because we ended up being best friends and teammates for like five years. But uh, but yeah, I mean that, that's what it was. I went to a tryout, made the team right away, and uh, and I was I was it. I was a, I was a charity. So let me ask you, what was it like when you walked into uh, the the first time you walked into the locker room after? Uh, you know, you know, walking in there with your Chicago Rush gear, uh, where there did 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 you feel at all like intimidated, or did you have any butterflies in your stomach when you walked in there? I think I was more curious that uh, how I was going to be treated. You know, we didn't have a rivalry with Toledo, and I didn't have a rivalry myself with anyone. So I, I think it was actually kind of cool because I didn't know what to expect. But it's almost like walking in with. Walking in with that gear, the you know the players on the team they knew I could play, you know. So it um, it was actually kind of cool when I walked in. Like nobody really gave me a hard time. I think it was almost a little bit. I felt a little bit more respected because you know, especially when you're dead tryouts, nobody knows each other except for the previous, you know, except for a few people. But once you kind of see where someone else has played, at least you kind of get a feeling like, okay, this this guy could probably skate and play, you know. So I, I kind of felt like when I walked in and they saw that, they are like, all right, you know, this guy can play. Um, at least the, the veterans in that did. And then the other guys were probably more or less thinking like, all right, here's someone I got to beat out, you know. So I, I didn't mind actually. I kind of felt like it wasn't really a target on my back, but um, it kind of made me almost like relax and just play. Because I, I felt like I knew I was at that level already. Uh, and I, was, I, I felt confident I was going to make that team. Okay, so now, uh, so you get signed, you make the team. Um, what was it like that first t- part of the season? Do you remember your first game? Do you remember your first goal or anything of the sort? No, you know, I actually don't, ironically. Uh, I, I made the team actually as a defenseman, but then I switched to forward pretty quickly. Um, right away, they, they switched me to a forward, and... Uh, no, I, I mean, I obviously remember my housing mom and, and starting there. I was living with the Kramers, uh, Devin, Paul, and Mommy. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And uh, and they were amazing for us. Uh, my brother actually ended up living there a year, um, you know, after I left. But I remember going there and moving there for the first time and, and them making me feel welcome. And then I, I remember a lot of the practices we had and the off-bite stuff, but not really much of the games, ironically. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, do you remember anything as far as like, uh, during that first season, what, uh, who was your big, did you consider, uh, did you guys consider your biggest rival, uh, the team that you got real fired up for? I was still Metro. I hated them. I felt like, uh, you know, I felt like they, they really, I, I don't know how to say it. They, they were, I mean, I, whenever we played them, I was, I was geared up. Uh, there were still some guys on the team from the previous year. The head coach was still there. Yep. So, you know, so I, uh, yeah. So anytime we played those guys, I was definitely ready for it. I know there was a rivalry there with Toledo before I even got there. Um, but, you know, I really wanted to make a statement when I played them. So, uh, did you score at all against them when you played against them? I think I did, but I, don't, I honestly don't remember. I, 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 you know, I probably should go back and like check some of the stats and and see really what I did for those years. It's kind of drawn a blank overall. Now it's so long now. Well, hey, welcome to middle age, anyway. Yeah, right. But uh, so let me ask you. Uh, Talk to me about the chemistry in the locker room. What was that like? Uh, I mean, you talked about Bobby Mays, and of course, uh, I just talked to him just a short time ago because he was at the Ice House, uh, oh, yeah. and he we were um, uh, he's coaching out in Pittsburgh now. So, yep. So uh, yeah, so we got I got a chance to catch up with him for a little bit. Uh, but uh, who were some of the other guys that you remember from back then, and what was it like being around those guys? You know, uh, two of the guys that, that I bonded with really quickly was, was Bobby and Kelly Kester. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, Kelly. And honestly, the, and honestly, the three of us actually got recruited to uh, to go play at Eastern Michigan together uh, once we were done with Toledo. Um, but but those two guys were my closest friends by far in the team. You know, we had a bunch of other guys that uh, I do remember. You know, there was like a Chase Gunning. There was um, – you know, we had some guys coming in and out the second year that I kind of remember a little bit more. But uh, – you know, Todd Omi was our coach. His brother uh, was was our assistant coach. Yeah, you know, Kevin. I remember those guys really well. But we had a we actually were a pretty tight knit group. You know, we spent so much time together that you didn't, you didn't see a lot of like inner like team fighting and stuff like that. Like it was it was pretty awesome the how we all got along so well together. So that first year, where did you have to endure the traditional uh, rookie? the rookie, uh, I won't say hazing, but the rookie uh, things that you had to go through to uh, deal with or be part of the part of the team? You know what was, was kind of cool about it is that I didn't really get it too bad. I think being a second year and a little bit of an older person on the team or player, um, they, I mean, I did, I did a couple things, but it was almost like because Kelly was running it and Bobby were running it, they were – you know, they were the veterans at that point. Like, uh, I and I was close with them that I didn't get it too bad. You know, so I, I now you know, yeah. I honestly, some of the stuff like it was, it was more like I felt it was more team building than anything else. I didn't get it too bad, thankfully. Did you get? Did you back then? Did I know they did what? Was it haircuts? Uh, yeah, the haircut and the other thing was, you know. Uh, you know, some stuff on the bus, you know, where we had to do some things. Um, and, you know, like, honestly, overall, not that big of a deal. I I know there's obviously all the talk about, like, oh, the, the hazing and things that have happened, but um, I don't know. I The stuff, like, the haircut was probably the worst that we had to do. You know, it, was, it really wasn't a big deal at all, though. I definitely am an unattractive human being with a shaved head. So I, I pray I never lose my hair because I'm screwed if I do. But uh, but yeah, that was probably the worst of it. Oh come on now, there's you're not an ugly guy. Number one, number two, they got these these crazy things called Rogaine and implants and everything else. You can you can swing it. <laughs> oh my god, man, if that's the case. I'm gonna, I, that's like my that's one of my biggest fears losing my hair. Oh my god, I've seen what I look like and I'm not going back to that. I had to do the same thing in college too. And I got hazed there, and I'm like, oh man, two times enough for me. I'm, I'm good. Well, what's funny is, is that, uh, you know, I mean, I'm trying to remember. Uh, were, were you part of? Were you there when the Fort Wayne experience happened? When we had a bunch of Fort Wayne kids? Yeah, yeah, I was there. So that was, I was going to mention a couple other names that uh, I played with. So like uh, Ryan Potts. Oh yeah, I, I just with, just I had him. On, I just had him on a podcast a few podcasts ago. Great kid. Yeah, yeah. So the funny thing about Ryan is he actually ended up marrying my um, housing daughter uh, that was there, Ashley, who I was was close with. So Ryan lived, he actually, Ryan was probably my other really close friend there too because he didn't live too far from me where he was staying. Mm -hmm. Um, So the two of us would hang out quite often. Um, So I knew him, I knew Cole, um, Kyle Kleinschmidt, you know, so we had um, Chris Hoy. You know, there was definitely a handful of Fort Wayne guys that were playing for the couple of years I was there. I know, I know John Hale, uh, Mike Moore, yep. all those guys. Yep. Good. Well, I spent a lot of time with Moore, too. Uh, Moore and, um, oh, I forgot, his roommate, Freddie, um, I can't, can't remember his last name. Who, Hassenfuss? Yeah, Freddie Hassenfuss, yeah. So him, Mike Moore, and Freddie used to live together, and we they were up in, they were staying up in Michigan, uh-huh. and the three of us, I would drive up there, and we'd all hang out uh, a lot. So, I mean, there was definitely, I mean, I probably hung out with almost all the guys on the team regularly, in one way or another. Now, uh, you, and you know what's funny is uh, uh, the funniest thing I remember with the haircuts and everything was Cole Herb getting yep. the leopard spots. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> only, only, only Cole could take something like that, uh, like rookie initiation, and m- turn it into something funny and pretty cool. Yeah, Cole, he was a 
different animal. He actually, him and Kyle uh, Kleinsman ended up being my roommate in the second year I was there. Um, so he, uh, yeah, so the two of those guys, you know, we were, we were close with them too. They were awesome. Um, some of my favorite guys just growing up with those guys for those couple of years. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was awesome with them. So let me ask you, uh, what was it like, uh, uh, playing for for Todd Omi and Kevin Omi. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll say this. One of my favorite stories about Todd Omi uh, was that uh, it was awesome playing for them. I think they they got you to play hard, and uh, and they were fair, which I always appreciated. But one of the things that I, one of my stories about him I remember is like, so we used to have. Like, we used to have off-ice, and uh, there was a couple, a couple different things, like, kind of works together. So, when off, I couldn't run long distance. Could never run long distance, but I could out-sprint everyone. I was always, I was, I was probably arguably the fastest guy on the team, and I'm sure other people would disagree with me on that, but I'm, I'm going to stick with it. But I could not run long distance in my life, so we'd always have to run around the pond at Hanlow Shanner, and, uh, and they would, I would always be the last, always. And they would make an exception for me because I was always last that I wouldn't have to do extra stuff because they knew I was going to be last. So anyone that finished in front of me was always the person who had to do, like, maybe extra sprints or push-ups, sit-ups, something like that. But then when it came to sprinting, I would beat everyone hands down. So then we're on, the, on ice, we're, you know, we'd be skated, you know, we had to do boards and stuff like that. And we do all this training, right? And one day, Todd Omi looks at me and goes, Open, how is it possible with all the stuff we do that you're still fat? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what to say. I was kind of like, I'm like, I, I don't know what I said, actually. I think I said something about, like, I'm just trying to keep up with you, Todd, or Coach, or something like that. <laughs> but I, I was just like, man, like, I, I didn't think I was that fat, but... Uh, but then I then I, I I told him like, well, you know, it's uh Deb Kramer's cooking is what it was. That that was my excuse to him later on. Uh, <laughs> Deb could cook better than anything I've ever eaten. And uh, you know, growing up we were always on the run. My mom's best friend was the microwave. You know, we would just make food as quick as humanly possible. And uh, Deb actually made legit meals every night. So that was my story about Omi. He used uh, he was a clown. I, I loved playing for him, though. And uh, so, yeah, I was gonna say those guys, him and Kevin, they were they were quite yep. the pair. They they usually used to always try to get me to do things, and it, usually it involved drinking. But uh, yeah. oh yep. man, oh, they're crazy. But no, Holmes is Holmes is the best man. I just absolutely love him. He's he's really he's really a good dude. So um so tell me about what it the 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 on the ice, the success you guys had when you played. Yeah, unfortunately, we never, we never won really kind of anything. We would have some pretty, we had some pretty solid teams, but it never turned into much more than some wins in a playoff time. Uh, you know, we never, we never won a championship, unfortunately. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if we even got close. I think we were probably in the upper year of the middle of the pack in those years you know so yeah unfortunately we, we never had a chance to really you know compete against their for a championship so we kind of didn't, i don't know maybe for those couple of years we weren't really carrying the the cherokee tradition of, of years previous but um well oh so, one were you on no wait that was 2000 and 2001 i'm sorry i was thinking about going to nationals in hartford but that was that was the year before. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was that was the year before. So we, I don't, you know, I don't think we actually ever went to nationals in the two years I was there. Okay, so we can blame this on you. No, I'm kidding. I'm uh, like, yeah, I'm blaming it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of uh, course, you know, right? Yeah. Oh my. Anyhow, uh, but uh, the idea though is that uh, playing there and gelling and and the chemistry you made there. I mean, it. Uh, who would you say was probably the uh, guys who probably like to pull the uh, prank, odd prank or two in the locker room? Uh, 
great question, actually. Who would have? I would say we probably messed with another four wing kid, Kobe Peters. Oh yeah. Yeah, Kobe was that that little dude that was just had a you know he had an engine that never stopped. So uh, he was probably one that we we played we messed with quite often. With was him mm-hmm. uh, more than anybody. We also had a young kid. That, oh god, I To this day, uh, so. to this day, the to me, the the uh, the hardest guys, the guys that hit the hardest for uh, in fights for Toledo of all time. I mean, he's got he, his knuckles, man. I mean, he did. I mean, he hurt people. That he punched. He had real heavy, what they call heavy hands. Yeah. Him and Cole Herb both. I mean, when you fought Cole Herb, uh, ooh, didn't want to. Yeah. Both he of them was, guys. Uh, Cole, Cole's one of those guys that, like, you know, off ice, he's super cool, super chill, but he could flip a switch whenever he wanted, when he had to, and uh, which is tough for anyone to do. But, uh, yeah, he was, yeah, Cole was a different beast on the ice. Man. He, in practice, he was awesome. He, you know, you kind of look at him and go, how was this guy on the team? And then the game starts, and he, and he would just become this different animal. Um yeah, he, he was, was lights out. Uh, Chris Kraft was another one that, uh, you remember him, Paul Lacey kid? Yep. He, he was another one we would kind of mess with. We would probably mess with Chris Boy a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris would take everything so seriously that we it was easy for us to kind of play some jokes with him. Cause, I mean, you just wanted that reaction, and he was going to give it to you. <laughs> so he, was, he was another one that was pretty fun. Now, were you there? Were you there uh, when uh, Gabe Young? Uh, we got him. Oh my God! <laughs> so that guy. So that, that's a funny story about Gabe. Um, he was my roommate. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, Gabe was like a six foot two. Oh, he's bigger than six two. He had to be like six four, easy. Six. Uh, well, six four. He was uh, African American with an afro that was blonde. Right? So it was like Ogie Oglethorpe, but black, basically. And he was, I don't he had more talent than I think anyone else on that team, but he just could not put it all together. Um, and he would have games where he would go off. And he would have games where, like, what are you doing, man? Like, defenseman, he was huge. You would think this guy should be playing junior A if you just look at him. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, so he was my roommate. And, and it just, it was not working out. He, he was a, I mean, I could tell you some stories about him that are probably better off the air as a roommate. Yeah. But he, um, but that, he actually got traded, like, mid-year to a team in Pittsburgh for uh, a kid named Todd. Um, Blaskowitz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, we traded him for Todd. And, uh, and Todd ended up being Freddie's hockey foot's roommate. But Gabe, Gabe had this, like, I don't know, we thought it was like a fake girlfriend or something like that, but Gabe decided that even though he had to be in Pittsburgh the next day, that he was going to drive back to Wisconsin that night to go see his girl to then drive to Pittsburgh the next day. Oh, and he just, like, Packed up in the middle of the night, said bye, and left to Wisconsin, and then drove back to Pittsburgh the next day. He said, "It just kind of sums up Gabe, I guess you could say. He was, <laughs> he was interesting, um, to say the least. 
So I had him, and then the other guy I had was a foreign kid named Rado Lemasami. Yes. I remember him. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he was a forward. He was he was okay. He was, he was, but there was definitely a language barrier. So, so I had Gabe, this, like, never shuts up, crazy wild dude. And then I got Rado, barely speaks any English. Those are my roommates from my first year there. <laughs> Oh, that was man. very that, interesting. Well, uh, Rado, Rado will be forever immortalized because of trying to fight in that line brawl with Cincinnati. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was on the bench for that line brawl. Yeah, everybody, everybody that uh, that could play physically was on the bench for that line brawl because yeah. we had a power play, and it was I think a five on three. And so it's like all the skill guys are out on the ice. All the small skill guys are out there. And yeah, if I remember correctly, I think that I think what we had was we had our, we had our two power play lines. I was on the line with Kelly Tester, uh, and Bobby was probably on the dude in front of the net. And then we had a second line that I think was out there for the fight because Kelly and I and Bobby were on the bench for it. I remember watching that with them. It just means you were smart, you know, I mean, that, yeah. it, you know, it wasn't your, you weren't, they didn't bring you in to be their, to be their Bobby Mays or their Gabe Young or whoever, you know, they, they put you in there for a reason. You had a role you had to do. So just the guy. Yeah. That, no, I, and I appreciate guys like Bobby and them and Cole, um, who understood their role very well, you know, so it, uh, it helped us all kind of play our own game. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, and the thing is, is that if I remember correctly, uh, was that the your second year? Was that the year that uh, we finally beat Peoria, or was that the year before? In I the playoffs. We, in the... I, oh, God. I think that was the second year, because I remember the first year, we, I don't think we had much luck against them. Yeah, we hadn't beat them at all. They, I mean, they were... Uh, they they occupied uh, our our brains uh, like rent free, you know, because they it was a mental thing. We could not get by them at all, and then uh, we ended up coming uh, and beating them in Peoria during the playoffs because yeah, Kelly was, went off. That was the second year. Um, I remember my first year. I think my first year they had. Paul Stastny on the team. He was 16 at the time, then he went out to on the play in the NHL. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a St. Louis kid. He was with yeah. St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, his old man played for the Blues. So, Stastny mm-hmm. was 16. Him and his linemate, I forgot his linemate thing, but they were they lit the league up that year as 16-year-olds before they went on to go play A and everything else. Um, but, we, yeah, we could not beat them. And I think I remember that. We went down to Peoria my second year. And that's when we beat them. I think. I, now I'm questioning, though, but it sounds right to me. Anyway, so uh, so you do you do your time in playing in Junior B, and then you uh, you you because of the folks that you met here, you decide all to get uh, head to Eastern. How did that happen? Yeah. So 
Um, you know, Bobby and I and, and Kelly, we we're all really tight our third year or second year there. That was both of their third year. So mm-hmm. the three of us, man, we got, we got, we came really close. And, uh, Eastern Michigan, I forgot where we were playing at. I don't know. It was up in Michigan, but they're, they were scouting the game. And, uh, and they came to talk to the three of us after and, and basically said that they, they wanted us. Uh, to come be a part of uh, of Eastern Michigan, and the three of us kind of didn't know what we wanted to do at the time. But um, but knowing the three of us can all go together, like it was really appealing for us, you know. So the, so we all three of us decided, like, yeah, let's go to Eastern. And uh, we knew a couple guys on it uh, at, at Eastern. Um, you know, I knew that there was uh, Nate Arthur's. He was on that. He was at Eastern. He was there the year before I got there. Uh-huh. Um, so he was up there, and uh, and we we went up actually for a weekend, and uh, I don't know, it just kind of felt like it was the right move, you know, for three of us. So we actually all got a house together. Kelly bought it, uh, not far from campus, and the three of us lived there my freshman year. Wow. Yeah. So- so, so, so uh, what was it like? Lifelong friends there. Yeah, no kidding. So what was it like when you went to Eastern? I mean, was it a? Did you have to make a a, a big uh, adjustment in terms of the style of play or the pace of play? Uh, I think uh, you know we're playing against guys that were. The thing about that actually it wasn't it wasn't a massive adjustment. It definitely was because the level was obviously better than what we were playing at. So there was that that adjustment period, but. The three of us, we came in there as almost older, you know, people because we had played juniors after high school. So, you know, we get into our freshman year and we're all like 21 already. You know, we're not 18. Uh-huh. So it, it was kind of cool that we kind of walked into and we're playing against other people that are other kids that are like, you know, 19, 20. So it wasn't like we were just wide-eyed 18-year-old who just graduated high school, you know, we, you know, we, we kind of went through a little bit of a grind before then, so it was, uh, it wasn't really too bad. The, the adjustment kind of came with just learning to play with new players and new systems. We also had practices at, like, six-something in the morning, which sucked, before class. Yeah. Uh, so that was brutal. That on Monday, I think it was Monday and Wednesday, we'd have, like, 30 in the morning practice, um, and we didn't have our own rink up there. We played at uh, uh, what's the the, the Canton? Not Canton. What's the Canfield Ice Arena? No, what is it? Uh, Ann Arbor Ice Cube. Oh, the Ice Cube. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that was our home rink. Um, you know, so yeah, it wasn't too bad of an adjustment. It definitely there was one there, but once you kind of got settled in. It, it was nice. You know, I think, I know I, my, our first game I remember was against Michigan State, uh, D2 club team. We were, we were a D1 club team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I scored my first game there, and I felt like that just kind of maybe relaxed me a lot. Um, and then had, I actually played three years there. I didn't do all four. Okay. And so, um, so you played three years there. Because uh, that was during the time, if I'm not mistaken, where we used to call Eastern Cherokee North, and then Ohio U was Cherokee South. Yeah. Because, uh, did you play against any of your former Cherokee teammates at all uh, down that were that went to OU or? Uh, what did I play? I, so I ended up playing. The only guy that I think uh, was uh, Jeff Jepson. He played a year before me at Toledo. He actually ended up playing with us at Eastern, then went to OU. Um, and there was another guy I knew that was there. He actually was living at, at the same housing or same family as I was and then went down to OU. I can't remember his name. Uh, God. So, no, really, we never ended up, I never actually ended up playing against any any Cherokees, as far as I remember. Okay. So, uh, 
so you played you played at Eastern, and then uh, so you finish with a, a degree in. See, so I, I didn't end up actually graduating from Eastern. So oh, okay. I'll try to try to keep this as simple as it's a long story. But what ended up happening was I was uh, my between my junior and senior year, I was offered a job. If I I had a, an internship and I was offered a job and it was what I wanted to do, and they told me if I stayed home, I'd, I'd basically be walking into like a dream job uh, that I wanted at the time, and. I made the tough decision to stay back home, and actually, my senior year, uh, I was going to go to Robert Morris College or University, yeah. and I ended up getting screwed over by the company, uh, and by that point, I couldn't transfer back to Eastern Michigan, so I was stuck going to Robert Morris my senior year, absolute disaster, but you know, the one of the worst things was is that I had to go up to Eastern and basically play against not only all my friends, but my brother as well oh. for two games. Yeah. Um, so that sucked. You know, we and then we actually ended up winning both games against Eastern and then it was over Halloween weekend and uh, the coach let me stay because my parents were up there both, I mean, I was, you know, my parents were pretty much cheering for both of my brother and I. I ended up, we ended up staying the night on Saturday, and I partied with, like, the Eastern Michigan guys that I, I knew, like Kelly, Bobby, my brother, and a bunch of other guys. So it was kind of bittersweet in a sense, but I ended up graduating from um, Robert Morris with a degree in business management then. Okay. Well, that's the key. I mean, it. It's, uh, you know, yeah, it didn't go, it wasn't the dream path, but you made it work, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was, that was a rough year for, the hockey wasn't as good, and, uh, obviously wasn't hanging out with my friends as much, because I, I didn't see them at all, I'd play against them. What was, that, what was that like playing against your brother? I mean, did he, did Matt give you any crap, or did you guys uh, give each other any crap on the ice? No, you know, actually, we... You know, the little bit we played against each other, we played pretty good against each other. We didn't do anything stupid, but I had some, I had some guys on my team that I really did not like, and they, one dude was like took a run at my brother, and that pissed me off. You know, so I had to deal with that um, after the game, which was kind of weird because, you know, you wouldn't think you would care if it was another teammate, but it was my brother. You know, yeah. so. I kind of had to deal with that, but no, Manny and I, you know, we played different games. He was a center, you know, so he, he was all over the ice. I was a wing, you know, so we didn't cross paths a whole lot mm -hmm. um, while we were out there, but I mean, we did play against each other out there quite often, though. Often enough, I guess I should say. More than my parents would have liked, obviously, but. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. Okay, so now uh, to wind things up here, uh, you finish at Robert Morris. Uh, yep. How hard was it for you to uh, uh, hang up the hang up the skates competitively, as opposed to, you know, obviously you can still play uh, adult beverage league, uh, things like that. But uh, what what how hard was it when you decided said, hey, this is it, you know, as far as competitive uh, hockey. I I don't think I I don't think I took my jersey off and actually equipment off for an hour plus after my last game. It was it was ridiculously 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 tough. I had a terrible year with Robert Morris and I, I hated it um, so much. The the team was a joke. They they the players basically got rid of the head coach during that year. Mm -hmm. who was a good head coach and the players didn't give a crap. They were they were alcoholic, they would show up hungover. It sucked all, all around. So I didn't have a great year. Um so we were in Ohio University. That's where the playoffs were that year. We were playing in some throwaway game for like I don't even know what place it was for at that point. But uh 
I do remember I scored in my last game, and then after the game, like, you know, the rest of the team really didn't care, but, like, I just remember sitting there for probably almost an hour, and uh, just I didn't want to take it off, because I knew that was it. And so it was tough. It was definitely, it was definitely an adjustment, knowing that I don't have to really, like, I'm not going to go into this off season trying to work hard to get better. It's just kind of like, oh, I'm done. It was, it was brutal, actually. Now, uh, do you see yourself um, uh, getting involved in, like, coaching? It just kind of as a way to give back to the game or to maybe help, uh, the whether it be, you know, uh, high school kids or even little guys getting their start, giving them that love of the game that you had? I have. So I think if my if I have uh, twin boys that are three years old, and if, I think if if they got into it, I probably I would probably want to obviously get into it coaching then. I don't think I'd be into just kind of like coaching outside of that. Um, but if they were into hockey, then I would definitely be all in to to helping them learn the game and and want to coach them. But otherwise, outside of that, it just it, I don't know. I just never felt like I was going to be a coach unless, you know, my kids were involved. Well, that's how a lot of kids are. I mean, a lot of guys do it is they start with their kids and then it goes from there. It snowballs. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let me ask you here a couple more questions. Um, who who impacted you the most on the ice as far as helping you want to be a better player, whether it's a coach, a, a teammate, uh, anybody like that? If there was anybody that inspired you to want to be a better player, who was it? I, I think it was my travel coach, Bill Huff. You know, I mentioned him earlier in the podcast. He, um, I don't know, he just took, he took a, a special, like, uh, liking to me, so to speak. I don't know, I was, I always was one of the hardest working, not the hardest working players on the team. And I think he helped push me to, be better constantly. He would challenge me. He wouldn't single. He would single me out. I think in the right way that a coach needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he would always push me, and he would he, he gave me a lot of wisdom. And uh, I, I would say, if anything, like his influence over me at, at a young age is what helped me want to be better. Just you know, constantly throughout my playing career, uh, he had played at a really high level. So I had that, you know, respect of what he had done um, and how he played the game. So he was, he was probably the biggest influence just overall. Okay. Now, how about away from the ice? Uh, who would you say uh, was uh, the person or persons that impacted you the most that got you wanting to do better and better yourself and, you know, giving you that focus? Great question. Um, I don't know if there was actually one person that that did. Uh, so I, w- I would almost say it was my parents and and their commitment to uh, to let me do my thing. They, my parents, know me as you know I'm a type A personality. You know I'm naturally just driven, and so I think it helped that my parents were willing to put me in things that allowed my competitiveness to uh, to come to the surface and to want to be better. You know, they were always putting me in hockey camps that I wanted to get into. Uh, there were some really good ones around Chicago um, that we would get into that would make us better every year. Uh, so I think that their, their willingness to kind of do whatever was, we felt was necessary to uh, – to make us better was, was it, you know, they, they didn't hold us back at all. They didn't restrict it, uh, my brother or I. So I, mean, I would say that just from the impact standpoint, they, just them giving us the freedom to you know, be driven in our own minds was, was probably it. That makes good sense. Now, uh, do you see yourself uh, being the same way with your twins or your twin boys? I mean, that's, I mean, it takes a lot of commitment, a lot of effort to be able to, uh, to put yourself through that. And do you see yourself being a uh, basically a nomad traveling from uh, tournament to tournament, especially travel, you know, town to town? If your boys take the game up, do you see yourself doing the same thing? 
Yeah, I would love that actually. I know I, as I've gotten older and I've, uh, you know, obviously matured a lot and, and spoke to my parents a lot about what their experience was like, um, and and the the relationship they built with other parents and and that like, I I, I hear like from them like the joy they had going to tournaments and seeing parents and hanging out. I mean, we would go. I remember when I was in travel. You know, when I was first starting to travel, we'd go to Peoria to, uh, for tournaments. And the, the parents would all be getting together. It was like, the, they called it the Hollow Dome, this Holiday Inn. It's huge dome. We'd be running around playing shinny hockey, you know, in the hallways. And the parents would be there throwing back, you know, drinks, hanging out, eating food. Just, you know, pretty much just loving life. At that point, Did, um, didn't we that, stay there when we with the Cherokee when they went to Peoria? I think so. I yeah. think it's, it's like the only hotel down there. It's, it's crazy. Like, yeah. Because I remember anytime there was a tournament, there was like every single team stayed in the same hotel, which mm-hmm. was good and bad. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, for sure. But I remember like just just having conversations with my parents as we've gotten older, and they just said like how much they loved like that experience and I was like I you know I feel like I would do that I would like that that to have that closeness with other parents who are sharing the same passion for their kids playing you know a sport that I love so I would say yeah I mean it would be challenging I can tell you that what my parents told me like it would be it's a heck of a commitment but you know I, I think it would be fun yeah it would be I would I have to agree with you there but gee whiz, Mike, it hasn't even seemed like it's been a couple of minutes when we started this, and here we are. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I know. Crazy, huh? Yeah, it's 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 like time hasn't passed at all, and that's the thing. Um, you know, uh, okay, so I will leave you with two more questions, and then we'll be done. Then, then you're free to go. Um, <laughs> is this, is number one, what would the Mike Opit of today if he had any advice to give the 17 or 18 year old Mike Opid or, or even a, another junior player, uh, what would your advice be to them now that you've had the experiences you've had, uh, the, the highs, the lows, the, uh, just the, the grind, what, what advice would you give to the younger version of you? I think one of the first things I would tell them is obviously enjoy it. It flies by. I think that I think everyone probably says the same thing. Um, the second thing I would say is is ignore any doubt that someone might throw your way, no matter what status they have or or don't have. Because um, there's always going to be those there's always going to be those coaches and players that are going to put you down. But it, it it doesn't matter. It's just words. You know, whatever they say, it doesn't mean a thing. Whether you don't get, you don't make a team, you know, that should just more or less drive you even harder um, to be better. You know, but there's always going to be those players and coaches that are just going to think differently of you. I would ignore it. You know, board anything, um, and and use that anything that comes your way as fuel to prove them wrong. Uh, I think that was one of the best things that I I did. Um, throughout my career and you know you do that then you know you can get to whatever level you really want to get to okay very good now uh last question is there's or is there anything you want to say to cherokee nation because as i said uh, before we went on here i said there you know different folks from different eras including fans including former coaches etc listen to this thing. I'm very blessed and fortunate for that and uh, grateful for that. Uh, is there anything you would like to say to them? Yeah, I, mean, I would say, like, you know, like like people like you, Mick, who, who are willing to do stuff like this, that's what junior hockey is all about is, you know, there's a level of commitment that people have for these teams and, you know, appreciate that because you don't get that often throughout your life. You know, so, so you know, enjoy it. Enjoy everything about being part of the Toledo Nation, and, and if you're a player that's there or was there, you know, really think back and appreciate what all those people did for you. You know, it's it's an amazing experience junior hockey, and you know, Toledo is, is a great a great place to play at and, and be involved with. Is obviously we're having this conversation now. 
No question about it. Well, I tell you what, Mike, it has been wonderful catching up with you, talking with you about this stuff. And uh, I hope we can stay in touch. And, hey, thanks for doing this. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I appreciate the reach out, man. Happy to any time. And uh, go Cherokee. Amen to that. Go Cherokee indeed. <laughs> well, that's going to do it here for Episode 56 of the Cherokee Rewind. Big special thanks to number 10, Mike Open, for hanging out with us uh, here on this episode. And don't forget, all you got to do is, uh, whatever platform you use, subscribe to the Cherokee Rewind. And every time a new episode drops, whether you're using uh, TuneIn, uh, Google Podcast, Amazon Podcast, iHeart, all of it, you just uh, subscribe to Cherokee Rewind, and every time a new episode hits, it'll let you know. So for Mike Opid, I am Mick saying thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.